Well, welcome to this week's episode, part two, with Justin Edwards. And you might be looking at us wondering, the heck you guys wearing motorcycle vests for? Well, as the studio already kind of um, alludes to the Speakeasy studio, yes. we are the Speakeasy Motorcycle Club, and we are the original founders of the Speakeasies. We are some of the original members. Well, yeah. Who's, uh, who else was more original than us? Brett was more original than I. Oh, was he? Yes. Well, where's his vest? Well, Brett doesn't have a, one of these vests, I don't believe. No, he does not have Brett one Brett has those. a vest, but it's not a, a speakeasy vest. Yes. So we have uh, a riding group, mm -hmm. and we are called the Speakeasies. And as you can see, right, if you're watching, you'll see we've got a patch here. And on the back, we have one that is just a blown-up version of that, basically. And it says where we're from. Mine says Winona. Yours says Winona. Because that's where it originally founded. And then, actually, we got uh, Mark, who was on episode number five. He has one, but it says Austin because he's from Austin, Minnesota. And then also my father-in-law who I hope to get on here at some point, too, because he has interesting stories to talk about, especially with his music. He has one that says Austin as well that we gifted him, uh, Stephanie and I, for Christmas. Not this past year, the one before that, I believe. And since that, we actually have patches. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. But before we do all that, Justin has brought us a beer and I would like him to go into detail about this a little bit because of the fact that there's a reason why we have what you're seeing in front of us if you're watching. But describe, or first of all, tell us what you brought us. So I brought a six-pack of the Carbon 4 Brewing Company's Fantasy Factory. All right. Now, I feel that this is one of the most popular logo design marketing scheme, whatever we want to call the design of the Fantasy Factory, <laughs> this shit cannot be topped. It, we have a ninja cat with a golden gun riding a fire-breathing unicorn with rainbows in the background. <laughs> oh my gosh. You, you, you buy this beer thinking, like, this thing's going to, like, knock your socks off, and it's, it's really good. Well, it might. The other, sure the other reason, uh, since we are in what we would call the motorcycle segment. Yeah. This is one of the actual breweries that we stopped at on our most recent motorcycle trip. Yeah, and we're going to dive into that in just a moment. But as Justin just alluded to and talked about, <laughs> the Fantasy Factory. When I think of the Fantasy Factory, here's what I actually think of to start with. I think of Rob Deerdick and the Fantasy Factory from MTV back in like 2009 to 2015. But this is the Fantasy Factory IPA from Carbon 4 Brewing out of Madison, Wisconsin. And just as Justin described, he is not joking when he says there's a ninja cat riding a fire-breathing unicorn with a golden gun. He's not lying. So it's the craziest-looking thing. The packaging, Fantasy Factory, even has the rainbow colors on it. It's the craziest-looking can, but it is from Madison, Wisconsin, and Justin just said that we were there back this previous summer of 2023. We stopped at this brewing place, and I had actually had this beer prior to going there at Texas Roadhouse in Onalaska. Mm -hmm. But 
let's uh, first dive into the beer. So yes. cheers. Well, oh, crack it right in the mic. Right in the mic. Uh, oh, and it's not even fizzing over. Thank God. Yes, they they settled down from when I arrived <laughs> well, last week. We're cheers, <laughs> Justin. Cheers. <laughs> when I arrived last week. Exactly. A week ago. It's really nice of you to make these trips up every week. To do, I know, right? To, so we are we, we are a six point three. Six point three um, on this IPA percent alcohol beer here. So this is going to be the lightest beer that we've had so far. We're actually going down the the OG IPA that we had on the last uh, the last show was a seven point two. We went down to a seven point zero with the the Seven Hills Bruco uh, Seven Headed Monster. Yep. This is actually the lowest alcohol percentage that we've had so far so this one first initial taste is it tastes a lot thinner than the other yes, ones you can definitely tell it does yep. not have as heavy of an overbearing alcohol feel i feel like this a person who liked a hoppy lager would be okay with now my dad would not like a hoppy lager i um, i still think that you have to have like a general taste for ipas to appreciate this i don't think you could give this to a stout porter lager yeah sour maybe a sour that maybe a sour drinker this would be a nice ipa transition for them right and so very fruity yes this has some fruity flavors to it and i love it maybe that's why it's the fantasy factory maybe it's because it's got all these things in it but it is from madison wisconsin not that far away from where we're at currently Three hours max is all the further it's away. Really, actually, a simple drive or ride over. You just go down mm -hmm. I-90, and you're there. You run right into it pretty and much. And actually, there there is a ton of craft breweries in Madison. We yes. visited, what, four that day, four or five? Yeah, we did. And the there was remember that one where we walked into, and it was like a garage, but it had yes. this very Pacific theme feel to it. And they had, I don't know, they were selling... I vintage clothes in the back. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite one we went to there. The theme of it was awesome. I can't remember what the heck the name was. That was the second one we went to. Yeah, Carbon was first, and yep. that was the second one. I was thinking of the other one that was also like a garage, apparently, if you have an old oh, garage. Thesis? No, not Thesis. I'm sorry. Um, it was something with like... Delta like, Labs. No, not Delta Lab. Okay, that one had like a, a science laboratory That was like theme. a science lab feel. It was the one before that. I think it had like a hand. Working Man. Working man, okay. Then we didn't have any patches from there. They we'll no get patches. into that here in just a moment, we'll folks, if patches, you're wondering yeah. what the heck we're talking but about. But, no, that one was, uh, there was a coffee shop and a brewery. That's what I'm talking about. And the, that, that, yeah, that one. I love that one. And that was actually, that was not, that was just a... Uh, was that one called Working Man? No, it wasn't Working Man. That was, uh, it, it wasn't, it was a poorhouse. It wasn't a... a a brewery. They just had oh, beer gotcha. from another brewery, and I can't think of the name of well, it. Well, that one must not have been that great since it doesn't stand out in my mind because I remember going to three of them distinctly. It was the first one, which is Carbon, Carbon 4. and then we went to that one. The one that I was talking about had, like, it was the garage door, had a coffee shop attached to it, a very Pacific theme. We had pizza there that was really, yeah, they had very, very good. good. Pizza. And the last one we had before we left was Delta Labs. Yep. And that one, actually, if those who are watching, you'll see we have a pin right on the front. And we're going to get into that more here in just a moment. Moment. But before we do, uh, the, the way we discovered this is Justin and I, we went on a motorcycle trip to Milwaukee, Wisconsin last summer, and um, we 
weren't sure what we wanted to do. We wanted to go on a motorcycle ride, and the original plan was Duluth. Yes. And then I said, well, I can't remember what the reason was. I think it was because it was going to take you like three hours just to get here. Milwaukee then, was a nice meeting point for us that we had yep. roughly an hour and a half to two hours of solo riding, and then we could ride with each other up yeah. to... Where the, the other the one, rest you of the had world. to come up three hours by yourself. I would come up three hours by myself, and then we rode three hours. And yeah. then overall, it was a little bit further, and we really wanted to do the Harley Museum, actually. Yes, that was one of the things I said, well, what if we just did this, and then we meet up, and we met up in Richland, Richland Center. Center yep. Yeah, and that was very fun. It was like a two-hour ride there. It's a simple ride. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of riding by myself, but got my music or a podcast going. I'm cool. It's fine. Um, and then you're going to see in the background, if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see um, we got a Harley Fat Boy Anniversary Edition. It's actually my dad's. It's not my CVO. My CVO was just too much work to pull out and put behind. But the one that we got behind us is actually a very beautiful color with the maroon and gold. It is the 120th anniversary yes. of Fat Boy. And when we were there at Milwaukee at the Harley Museum, mm -hmm. they were celebrating that. So no better thing than just to put that in the background. Because we, we showed up the week after they had the 120th uh, anniversary blowout. So yep. we were actually catching... Um, Milwaukee, basically post festival, where they still had the the stages set up for the music. Uh, they still had everything basically there for the anniversary, but none of the people, which made it that really was nice. nice. So going back to the Speakeasy gang, so we can catch you back up to speed. We started this Speakeasy. And if you don't know what a Speakeasy is, it derives back from the Prohibition era when you couldn't sell alcohol, and people just basically made basements out of it or whatever. It had to be very... You'd have a secretive secret, bar, basically. secretive bar. You'd have to have yep. a password or a passcode to get through the door, and there they, could, they would serve you booze, and it was illegal. Yep, and while it's not illegal anymore, it's just kind of a unique... I think it's a fun name. I mean, my wedding theme was basically kind of around this mm -hmm. 1920s theme and I kind of like think if I had to go back in time I'd probably go back to the 20s and just enjoy whatever the heck it was but just cash out of the stock market before 29 <laughs> <laughs> yeah just make sure you get out of that quick <laughs> make sure you you sell the stocks uh, buy <laughs> buy low sell high not buy high sell low sounds good yes so anyways we have um Anytime we go to a brewery, what we try to do is we try to find patches and or pins. Sometimes you get both. So you're going to see on the vests, um, at least mine, maybe Justin's if you're watching. Yeah, I got a handful of pins here. Yeah, we got pins. And then on the back, we have a lot of patches from different places we've gone to. Whether it's been together or separate, it just kind of depends on what we find they're not always easiest because patches aren't that popular anymore a big thing that's popular is stickers mm -hmm. which i put on that on my boat beer cooler all, all the time so anytime i find a sticker i always buy it usually out of a place that we've been to whether it's you me my wife and i whatever and i slap that on the boat cooler but we put patches on the back and then you can see kind of where we've been no we are not a violent group by any means so if anybody's out there saying oh geez what kind of gang is this it's not a gang we're just buddies that like to go around to different breweries, places like that, enjoy having maybe a small flight of beers and then traveling to the next one. So when we do this, though, we are not like we're not slamming giant beers and just riding around all over the place. 
we get the very small ones, like the four ounces. It, testing. You're, you're sampling. Yes, the sampling. I mean, it would be equivalent to having a pint, and we're there for an hour or so. So yeah. it's one beer per hour, and then we typically will will try to hit as many as we can over a, a longer day. We make a day of it. So it's yeah. not just like we're going and pounding a few beers and we're driving home. Yeah, no. Which we've done case. before, too, but I don't recommend <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so anyways, yes, we are the speakeasies. Uh, drive from Winona, Minnesota, but expanding. If anybody wants to join, uh, there, there's a secret code to get in. It's, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is either. <laughs> First, you got to find us. So, anyways, <laughs> we always try to get a patch, and basically, mm-hmm. that's kind of. I'm not saying that's where this whole podcast came from, but it's an idea of half of it, which is the brews part of it, because I enjoy going to the breweries, not because the you know all the beers are kind of the same after a while but you hardly find a very unique beer that you can't find somewhere else everything every beer that i've had i've never found like a beer that just like stands out like oh i'm never gonna get that anywhere else Um, i have i have and i'll mention this as but after no right now yeah go for it so we've been to it it's um in calmer iowa pivo Mm -hmm. or pivo yep yep i was just there this past Summer in July, just before we went on our trip, I think. Okay. Anyways, I was there with Mark and Larry yep, and yep. then his friends. They had a beer, and I don't remember them having this when we went there that one time, but it had some sort of spice in it, and I can't put my tongue on exactly what it was. It wasn't like cinnamon, but it wasn't not cinnamon. It was it had a very like a holiday f- spice, like almost like type? a holiday spice, but it wasn't okay. that holiday-ish. Yeah, we were there in July, but anyways, it had won some awards. It said like an earthly spice, probably. Okay. I don't know, but we, myself, uh, Larry, we thought it was fantastic, and I didn't even know what it was because it had a weird name to it. And I'm like, I don't usually. And I think it was maybe just like a simple lager, so that's what it was under mm-hmm. the category. And I was like, eh. You know, I've had lagers everywhere, but then I there's a here taste this one, so I did, and I'm like, well, hey, get me one of those, like little four ouncer, mm-hmm. and I was like, that one stood out in my mind. But you're right, like you taste this one, and you taste a lot of IPAs, you're not going to be able to like, oh, that's Fantasy Factory for sure. Well, I w- I would say that they they all have their own individual tastes, but the recipe has to have majority of the same parts that you would i mean if you find one hazy ipa we're gonna have another hazy ipa later and the show uh it's probably gonna be similar right yep i mean you you have your brands and then i i guess not to like piss anybody off here but like for me like the stouts i mean you either get like a really strong coffee flavor or you get a really strong chocolate flavor yeah and sometimes you get both and it's a chocolate coffee but i mean one stout compared to another to me Unless it's just a really bad beer, if I get like a little bit of like a coffee flavor with a thicker tasting beer, that's what I'm going for. Well, and so what I really love about craft breweries is the atmosphere that we go to. Mm-hmm. So touching back on our motorcycle trip from this past year, we were in Milwaukee and we did the museum tour that afternoon slash late afternoon, and then we hit up. Oh, I would say about five or six of them from about <laughs> yeah. three or four. Eight or nine. <laughs> was it? Yeah. See, this was also when I was not drinking. So I was I was sampling all of the non-alcoholic beers that were provided within the Milwaukee area. Uh, yeah. One of them that stands out to me, though, was the one that had the baseball theme. Yeah, what that was, was that the one? first one we went to. What was that one called? I don't remember off the top uh, of my head. Broken Bat. 
Broken Bad. Mm-hmm. And they had a wiffle ball court attached An to it. An indoor wiffle ball court. <laughs> it was, and you could reserve, you could reserve a, a slot and play wiffle ball. While we were there, yeah. there was a group of college kids, I would say about eight of them, ten of them, and they were competing there's and playing. There's leagues. Yeah, there's leagues, too. Yeah. That was that was a really neat one. It was literally less than all these were like about a mile radius of everything. Yeah, we were, we were downtown Milwaukee, so we were we weren't riding more than five minutes from one to the other. Yeah, and then it was raining on us. So. Oh man, that's another story. <laughs> that rainstorm that got us. Yeah, but yeah, Broken Bat was the first one we went that to. That was after. the first one we went to after the, we left the Harley uh, compound. Yep. Uh, for me, that trip, uh, Wizard. Uh, Oh, yes, we'll get to that one because that was like the speakeasy. Yeah, we'll get to that. All right, so Broken Bat. That was the first one we stopped at. Had a baseball theme. Mm -hmm. All their beers had a a baseball theme. Their mug club was was bats. Yeah, the bat mugs. The bat mugs. Oh, those are cool. Yeah. But then you just spoke on that you weren't drinking at the time, so Mm -hmm. you had some uh, Mm non-alcoholic beers. What were those ones called? I, we hit mostly the Athletico. Okay. Uh, they have a couple different versions of Athletico. Yep. Um, I just wasn't drinking for like some personal reasons at that time. Um, but a lot of breweries are going to have a really solid non-alcoholic option. So, you know, that's uh, – you're going to spend the same amount of money for a non-alcoholic as you will uh, an alcoholic. But – you can still participate, so it's it's good for everybody. Yeah, and it's athletic. It seems like it's the most popular. Athletico one. is definitely one of the yes. most popular non-alcoholic. You get you get a non-alcoholic hazy IPA. They have a couple other options. All of them that I've had are really good. Um, occasionally, you'll find a brewery that makes their own non-alcoholic beer. Yep, uh, which is also really cool. I know that Back Pocket, which we are going to have later in the segment, does their own non-alcoholic beer. Can't wait. Uh, it really depends. You know, you can kind of tell how a brewery manages their their business based upon the insights of the owners subtly. Like Back Pocket, for example, also had a a brew for your pup, a pup brew. No, yeah, yeah. Doesn't Bush do that? Bush yeah. did that as well. So I mean, like you can like you can like walk into a place and be like, so they're obviously dog lovers. And they want to like expand their brand. Yep. You know, I mean, they, they tried to give it to us for free one night because they weren't selling any of it, but they tried it. And that's the important thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a really cool one because I'm big into softball, baseball. Mm-hmm. That one, I was like, this is just something crazy. And then we went to the other one, which was called Wizard something. Um, I got it right here. Wizard. What the hell is this thing? Wizard. Wizard Works. Wizard works, yep, right there. That one had the speakeasy feel to it, and we thought that was so neat because you pull up, you barely know it's there, but you have to walk down two flights of stairs, and it's like in the basement Mm -hmm. of a commercial building. Yep. And it had that speakeasy feel to it, but it was really nice down there. Uh, That one, you said, was your favorite? I think that was my favorite just because they... The favorite theme. Okay. They... They went non-traditional. They were not capturing, like, you walk into a lot of breweries and you're going to get um, kind of like that industrial feel, like Toppling Goliath. 
and Decora, I yep. feel like has kind of like an industrial feel. You go in there, it's very open concept. Yep. Uh, you can I see sure. like the big vats of brewery equipment in the back room. Uh, very industrial. I, yes. I think it's the best way to word it. Um, a lot of the other ones we went to, that one that we really, really liked, and I can't think of the name of it right now, that had the, the bearded like monkey. Remember? Bearded we went, we went there like three times. It was like the one that we kept visiting. <laughs> While we were there? Yeah. We went there three times? We went there three times. Twice the one day and once the second day. Huh. They had the big pretzels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the heck was that one called? It was right by our hotel. That's right by the hotel. That's why okay. we went there. So, so that one was cool. That, um, I can't remember That what one, called. to me, it seemed like a small toppling Goliath. Like, it had, like, that look. It did, A yeah. lot of breweries, I feel like, are either going to have, like, an industrial look or they're going to have, like, a... I don't know, like like an old timey like look where you have like a like a sure. like a beer garden out back and then you have like kind of like a bar in the middle and like everything tucked yeah. in the back type of thing. But Wizards Works had really captured a fantasy themed speakeasy. Like yeah. that, it was a unique theme. Yeah, it had like that fantasy wizard type of you know was you know that what's that called wizard quest and uh yeah it kind of had that feel to so, it but I mean, it wasn't that obvious it was very subtle no it, it was not very subtle really no. i thought it was very subtle i okay so i mean like they didn't have like ma i didn't see people playing magic the gathering there well, no that's not like you're gonna go there to play cards but well, they i know had, that I, do you remember that i that i wanted to roll for a tip for the bartender because mm -hmm. they, yeah, they had a they had a dance there they had a giant uh, uh d12 uh for a, a 12 sided die for those of you who don't yep know dice uh and i made a deal with the bartender that i'll let me roll your i mean it was like the size of my hand it was big yeah i remember that. like let me roll your dice and whatever it rolls i'll give you a tip and she's like oh, okay and i rolled a two so not good for her but i honored it for the two dollars well, but I mean, you were having non-alcoholic beer, so I, I was not actually there. I did not drink a non-alcoholic beer. I drank a. They did a a, a Harry Potter theme like butter beer, okay. which you find a lot of those actually too, where they make their own root beer or their own grapefruit soda, and then from there they expand on that back pocket. It's another one that they do their back their their root beer. Island City does their grapefruit. Uh, Wizard Works had a root beer that they did, and they add ice cream and caramel and stuff, and they make like a root beer float for you. Yep. And you know, you spend that much on a root beer float as you would like an IPA, but you know, it's it, okay though. It, it's got something for everyone. It's there. unique. It's like I'm not just going there. I mean, I'm drinking a root beer float in a motorcycle vest <laughs> at a brewery. I mean, it's a story. <laughs> you know, the question I always have is, how come I always see motorcyclists pulled over eating ice cream cones? It seems like the most childish thing. But he's got these guys that look burly with these these vests and giant beards. But they're sitting there licking a vanilla ice cream cone. Well, vanilla is my favorite. So it's not about that. It's just I don't know. Well, ice cream likes ice just cream. doesn't. Ice cream on a cone just doesn't seem very manly. I don't like a cone to, though. I mean, I would I take a like dish over a cone. I feel like I should be seeing the guy on the side of the road eating ribs. Well, it's hard not to take ribs on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't take ice cream on a motorcycle. Well, you can for a short period of time. <laughs> yeah, because it's melting. <laughs> what are you going to do? Take a half rack and throw it on the exhaust? We got to go five miles and it'll be ready. <laughs> yes. I think, I don't know. Just ice cream and manly men that look burly with big beards. Yeah, everyone likes ice cream. <laughs> I guess you're right about that. <laughs> 
Everyone but, does like ice cream. It's universal. Yeah, no. So, I mean, it, it was an interesting theme, that one that I've never seen since or before. Okay. I would agree because you had to walk, I've never had to walk down to a basement to go to a brewery. And it was not like it was a – you didn't even really know it was in a basement, but it had a very very clean. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. And I'm – you know, I love that kind of – I'm not big into your fantasy type of stuff. But when it comes to a theme like that, to me it didn't hit me as an – Oh hey, look at we're kicking in the face with all this wizard kind of fantasy world thing. To me, it was subtle, but that's just me. I mean, I, I was I was like a kid in a candy shop there though, because I was kept like looking at things like they had they had like some D and D stuff there. They it, very like kind of like wizardy like Harry Potter theme. Like yeah. the drinks all kind of had like a wizardy sound to them. Yep. Um, but see, to me, that's just. That's your theme, and it's yeah, not like they dove in your into face. the theme. I don't know. It's not in your because this button hasn't is that I think it's an owl. owl it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, it's an owl. I mean, to yep. me, I don't know. And maybe because I'm not big into, I don't know much about the wizardy side of things. But I don't know what an owl signif- signifies. Well, owls carried letters in Harry Potter. Perfect. That's what it was then. Owls are wise. Merlin had an owl named owl Archimedes. Have Archie. Bear. I will have another beer. Are you ready? No, I'm just messing with you. I was going to say, I'm like halfway. We're, <laughs> we're talking too much and not drinking enough. That's okay. That's fine. That's what we're supposed to be doing here, discussing. Okay, so then we went to another one, and this was just before the rainstorm happened, I believe. No, we got we got rained on between Wizard Works and... Was uh, it this one? He, it wasn't this. No, that one I got from, uh, Lake Lakefront. No, there was another one in between there. No. Uh, we were sweating in this place. There's one where we were sweating, and it might have been before Wizard Works, to be honest with you. The, 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 we, we went from Broken Bat to another. They did not have patches. They had stickers. So you have yes. a sticker somewhere. Emporium. Get, Emporium. Emporium. I okay. got those stickers on my cooler. Yep. It rained a little okay. bit, and it was hot. It was hot in there. It was a sweat and then, like a donkey okay. in Africa. So that one we don't really have much to say about because it was just hot. Well, All I had is a small thing. I don't left. feel like they had a lot of, like, unique brews there either yeah i mean i wasn't drinking but i was paying attention to like what they had i feel like they didn't have as many options as other places for unique brews they had a they had a lot of options they had a full bar they yes. had yep. a lot of oh beer. yeah that's right they actually had mixed drinks too yes and i remember the emporium this is in downtown milwaukee had more of like an alien spaceship theme but you went inside and it didn't look like it. No, at all. no, it's definitely like a motto, like mascot yeah. type of thing. That yep. it did not carry over to like the the so brewery thing. Then after actually, this, that place used to be in the basement of Wizard Works. They moved from there to the other place. Oh, okay. I okay. think that's what they told us. They expanded. One of, the, one of the breweries we went to used to be in Wizard Works and they expanded. I think it was Emporium. Okay, that would make sense then. My I memory's a little bit better because I wasn't bigger. drinking that trip. Okay, so then after <laughs> Wizard Works, yes, we got downpoured on going yeah, to Lakefront we, Brewery. And Lakefront, actually, I didn't realize this, but they are actually a pretty big place. Yeah. Not meaning, I mean, the place is big too, but what I'm saying is you can actually find their beers on tap some places. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that until I actually saw their logo here. I don't know if you can see that in the camera if you're watching, but Lakefront has a logo that has like a beer with a B after it, and there's an L within there. Anyways, they have a lot of beers that are on tap that you can find in some places. Not every place, but some places. And that was, um, it had kind of the industrial feel, 
but a very classical feel, and it was right on the river, and I thought that See, was awesome. I got more of like a German brew house. Did you really? I did. I did not get that. I got... Well, they were having polka there 20 minutes after we left, so I mean, that <laughs> might have been the overarching like feel getter right there. But no, they... Uh, they it was, it was like a giant open room is what they had, yep. which it felt like a German beer house. I, uh, that, that, you know, right. You're right. That's true. Then you could go down the back and you, you were on the river. You were on the river walk too. there and they had, yeah, that was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a river walk, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Uh, so then they had, um, what was, it was like not water taxis, but it was like a water, I don't know. It was a water taxi. Tour? I thought it was a tour. One was a tour, one was a, we had a couple taxis that came through. Okay. And that was, I thought that was really neat too, mm-hmm. that you could just go back there. Because, yeah, you're right there in the middle of Milwaukee and they're, they're like doing like boat stuff up the way. But before that, we got downpoured on sitting at a stoplight. We had to park under a bridge. <laughs> well, that too, but remember we were at the stoplight trying yeah, to get a left the turn? Light never turned. And, and like, the light we were never t- a, We were in a bat, we were trying to turn left and they never, it was a, 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 a light that didn't have a, like a designated left turn. So it was downtown Milwaukee and it was busy. So we never had a chance to turn left. So I think we sat there for like five light cycles. I think we, yeah, we went through three, four, five light cycles. It was, it was several light cycles and it, we're just getting poured on. Yeah. It was, I, I couldn't believe that we were actually sitting there, but we had nowhere we could go. No. And it was, I've, well, we've been caught in a rainstorm, but not that bad coming that across the, the bridge rainstorm. where we were getting pelted and we were like just in pain when we got back into Winona. But yeah, that was pretty crazy. But again, a story we can tell that, that I mean, we're sitting here telling it right now. I thought it was really fun. We, uh, the time that we got pelted coming back into Winona, we did not have any type of windscreens though. Yeah, like you true. have your ferry and I yeah. have my windscreen. I think that helped in Well, incredibly. we weren't even moving. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that time it was downpour. I had this hat on, and it was just literally just like dripping. Oh, like, that's right. That, you, yeah. you had that hat on, didn't you? I did have this hat Surprise, on. it's still holding its shape with all the rain we had on it. It's <laughs> bad. Oh my gosh. Anyways, that, we went to Lakefront, then after that, we went to another one on like, way back to the hotel, I believe. N- no, we went across the r- river, mm-hmm. and then we went to that place where we had pretzels. Oh yeah, yeah. We we had pretzels and cheese. So everywhere. I guess another theme that you'll get with breweries are like like the small breweries. We saw a lot of those in Milwaukee, where it's like it'd be smaller than the studio here. Like maybe like just like the back half of the studio where you yep. have hardly any seating, and it was kind of like that. That's right. We did. And we had a giant pretzel. Yeah. And I think I started getting. I was getting so full off having pretzels and cheese. Then we went down <laughs> into a questionable neighborhood, and we hit two two up down in the questionable neighborhood. <laughs> It was kind of scary. But oh, the Potawatomi Casino. Well, then on our way home, though, we hit up one. And actually, this is funny. Dave sent me a, a beer. He's like, hey, is this one any good? And I'm like, you know, a funny thing. I can't remember what the heck it was. And I'm like, Justin and I hit that up last summer in Milwaukee on our way back to the hotel. Remember, it was, starting, it was like dawn. It started getting a little dark out. And we hit up one of them. It had like a smokestack. Camera was called, though. It had like a smokestack outside, I think. Anyways, I can't remember. There was a couple that had that. In that yeah, but this area. one is like we, kept, we we circled the block one time. We had to make we it another, like Maybe times. that was the one you said the questionable neighborhood. It was a questionable very neighborhood. industrial. Because we were like, we were leaving that and it was, it was getting dark and literally yep. like, I don't know if they're homeless or not, but there were people coming out of the bushes next to the highway. <laughs> and like, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 you're right. I remember that and, now. And luckily when you're on a motorcycle, you don't 
I don't know if it's like a stigma that they don't want to talk to you or what, but I mean, like, I feel like if I'm sitting in my car and someone's like panhandling or something, I feel like they're like looking at me. I know. And like, I try to like, just like look straight ahead. It's like, I don't want to like engage in that. I mean, well, they see the vest. They think we're a gang. They just and we, we have some loud bikes too. So, I mean, that kind of like helps yeah. it like, I get some pipes in my new, but one yeah, now. they didn't like mess with us. We saw another panhandler in Madison too. when we were coming through. Oh that. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So anyways, we went to that one and then we went to another one after that and we were watching some sort of game i can't remember i think it was well, the Bre brewers we went we, by the we brewers went stadium. by that was the cool. stadium that was neat while they were having a game and it was a good game too i think i think it went extra innings or it was like yep. it it was something special like not a normal game um that was another one of those like really small breweries where you have like no seating and just like a little bit along the bar yep they made some type of uh it was some type of like special like non-alcoholic like seltzer water that they made that was like watermelon or something. That's what I had there. Okay, and that one had a really modern type theme to it. Mm -hmm. I remember we walked in. That one had a very modern theme to it. I saw a picture on my phone somewhere, but that was a fun one. I enjoyed going to, and that was our day, if I remember right. So what did we have like six no, and then we went back to the. Oh yeah, we went back. And to then the we went to McDonald's one. and got rained on some more. Oh, gosh, <laughs> that's right. We went to McDonald's. I threw some food into my uh, saddlebag. Yeah, throw it in the saddlebag and just keep. <laughs> I put it in my vest and put it in my vest. Yeah, and just shoved it in we just kept getting rained on that day, but it was that. A yeah, that was certainly a memorable. Uh, that was probably my highlight of my summer last year was doing that trip, but we decided to do that because it was we could meet halfway, kind of mm -hmm. come to a point, and then we could ride. I think it was like two and a half hours or two hours, yeah, just something like that. There, and that was actually very fun. Madison got a little crazy between Madison and Milwaukee. It was kind of crazy traffic, but it was a pretty simple trip to drive there. So yeah. I'm hoping next year. What, what do we got? Do we have anything lined up? I thought we were going to do Duluth next year. We're talking Duluth, but, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe the Dubuque trip, depending on how much time you can get away, if you can come down to Dubuque, maybe the, we could stay there for a little bit and extend that and go from there oh, down further too. south. Or, like, Cedar Rapids has a lot of options. Okay, so maybe that's what we do then. We could, we could do, actually... We could go from Dubuque, do like a day around Dubuque, yep. and then we could go down to Cedar Rapids, down 151, hit Cedar Rapids, go up to Waterloo, do the old the old stomping grounds, the old stomping grounds yeah. and then cut across on Highway 20 and make the big, the big triangle. Well, if anybody else out there has a good idea of where we should maybe take our next trip, other than Sturgis, because we're getting to that, uh, let us know. Duluth was the original plan last year, but the Milwaukee Harley Museum was a great second mm -hmm. option. To be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have bought my Harley had I not gone there. The history of Harley and Indian, too, is really kind of cool. But I came from having two Indians, traded them both in, and got my Harley CVO. But seeing the history of Harley kind of makes it feel really American. Not that, I'm, not that Indian isn't. It's just that Indian has come and go come and go and now polaris actually owns them but then again harley's gone through their amf stage which mm -hmm. amf made bowling equipment too so we learned about that too it was really kind of a cool thing so if anybody's ever looking to if you're into motorcycles i would definitely recommend hitting them up they're doing another thing called the homecoming this year i think the red hot chili peppers are playing i think jelly yeah. roll is playing yeah, yeah. that's pretty that's i was pretty cool i was too. tempted just to say do milwaukee again but do i looked at the pricing <laughs> Like, oh, is it expensive? Oh, yeah. Oh, never mind. I mean, it's Harley. <laughs> well, I know. And I they mean, had their little, uh, remember we got to eat the restaurant there too? Yeah, we got to eat the restaurant. 
I feel like Harley just has like the the following. I mean, you can you can get all kinds with Harley. I mean, obviously your brand new CVO compared to your dad's brand new Fat Boy compared to Mark's. Uh, well, he has a road, a road king, king right? Yep. That he did a lot of customizations on. Yep. Uh, my Heritage Softail. There's levels, and you can. It's depends on like how humble of a biker you want to be, because I mean I'm assuming that we're going to get into the motorcycles that we've owned. Oh, um, we'll get there. We're already 35 my, minutes in. I just on our trip of breweries. Yeah, my my Heritage Softail was my first Harley. Uh, I was going to get an Indian originally. That's what I was going to do. Is get. I've looked into the the Chiefs, and you had the the Chief Dark Horse. That was a pretty sweet bike. And I I, I like that bike. I was going to go with that until I went into a Harley shop. I sat down on my Heritage Softail, and like this is the most comfortable bike I've ever been on. I went in to buy sunglasses and walked out with sunglasses and a new bike. Uh, <laughs> well, you got one of them that you went I there got for. What I came for, and then a yeah. little extra. Uh, so Harley just has. I mean, if you want a bike that you can customize, I've, I've had the Kawasaki, I've had the Hondas. You can get options. You can get like some bootleg options from like Amazon type of thing. But if you're you, talking about accessories, yeah, yeah, you know, like the the saddlebags, everything the is all kind engine of... guard that I put on the Honda. Yep. Uh, you know, like I got that off of Amazon for like ninety eight bucks. So I mean, there's options out there that you can get. But if you if you want to customize a ride which I'm happy with how mine sits. I don't know how much customization has happened before I got it. I got mine pre-owned. It wasn't brand new. Uh, but whoever had had it before me made it in a very comfortable riding uh, state. That I, I There's no bike that I've had or rode or sat on that feels as good as my bike. Okay. Well, that's good. So then you eventually got one that you really, really fell, fall in love with. Yeah. And you know, this is you've said this to me, whether it's still true or not. I enjoy having the music. You always say you enjoy having the wind. Yeah, I, I, I prefer, especially these days, that I'm not, like, on call like I used to be. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, when, when I lived here and I was on, in an on-call, like, job position, you could go, like, an hour or two, but if, like, there was an emergency that was happening at work and I was getting, like, a phone call from it, I wouldn't be able to hear it on the motorcycle. So sure. back then, it was, you know, it's nice to get a break where even if I do get a call, I'm not going to be able to hear it. I can push it out of my mind. I can relax. The windscreens therapy that people talk about on motorcycles, uh, that's me. I, I get out there to get away from everything where I'm completely disconnected. I don't want to listen to music. I don't want to listen to anything. I just want to be. I just want to be. Yeah, I just want to be that. And some people do. They say that wind therapy. And it is something to think about. Some people look at motorcycles and go, oh, man, that seems so dangerous. And there's other people who are like, this is therapy for me. I just go out and I ride. I don't think about it. Like you said, you can't mm -hmm. take a phone call for the most part unless right. you have a headset on. I mean, I can take a phone call if I want, but I don't have a headset on because I don't ride with a helmet. And I just don't like only being able to see this. I don't like not having my my peripherals, basically. And so. I go back and forth on the helmet. I usually like to wear a helmet if I'm on a long a long stretch or on the highway, uh, just in case something were to happen. I have that protection. But if I'm driving in town, I I, I don't wear a helmet. Sure. So you got your motorcycle now. You got a Harley. I yep. got a Harley. Pops now has a Harley. Um, so I guess we're kind of going towards that theme of domestic. <laughs> well, you know, my Indian was still domestic with Polaris. 
it's still a Minnesota right. brand. But it, I it's, never got it's the still a domestic though. brand. It's still a domestic brand. It just never got. It, it, but they, you know, I have nothing bad to ever say about them. I actually, to be honest with you, I loved where the controls were on that. If I could take a little piece of each one of the bikes, mm-hmm. I would love to just put it all together. Um, I mean, you had good-looking Indians. Yes. I mean, they were they were good-looking bikes. I mean, I rode. I think I rode all of them at one point. Probably. Um, I didn't care for the seat on the Chieftain, but that was really, and I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, I didn't like that. I, I like the wide seats. So I have a white ass, so <laughs> your no, childbearing don't hips. Don't put me on like a two by four. Give me, give me the lazy boy seat. You, you know, you got those childbearing hips, huh? Yeah, I do. Good. Uh, Did you see the new, um, the new Harley's that came out? Did you no, watch that? I, no, you didn't see that. I. I can't look at those type of things. Why? Because you're gonna buy it then. Go get I, some more sunglasses. I I can't sunglasses. There's there's places that I cannot go looking, and like if it exists and it's cool, great. You know, if I get to a point down the road that like that's <laughs> a that's an option, fantastic. But I can't go to a shelter just looking for animals because I will take one home. Oh, just like the sunglasses. Yes. I can't I can't go to a, a motor dealership just to like look at something. I can't go looking for cars or looking for motorcycles. I end up coming home with one. All right. I well. can't go to a tattoo place and just watch somebody get a tattoo. <laughs> like that doesn't happen. So All right, all right. You know, so when Harley comes out with a new bike, I mean, yeah, that's cool. Am I going to pay I Better not look at it. I, am I going to pay these. the type of money that you have to pay for a brand new top of the line Harley? No. No. Okay. I mean, honestly, like mine's like probably less than a third of what you paid for yours, and probably it has everything that I need. Why would I want to look at anything? If anything, I might change my windscreen to a fairing just to see if I like that. Sure. But I don't. I don't need that. I don't need the sound system. I don't need the cruise control. I don't need all the features you have on your bike are really cool, but it's not something that I need to be happy with my Harley. So. Upgrading for me is just not at a point right now. Sure. I like the hand warmers. I learned that one on the 57 degree day. Hand warmers. 57? Yeah. Shoot, I drive in 43 degree. I just throw on my my bomber gloves. I don't have any gloves. You should get gloves. I don't like them. I got really nice Harley gloves. I've tried the gloves. I just can't find them. They're bomber jacket, like soft leather, like they're thickest. I'm going to have to do some finding because I think I should for those spring, fall days, but I don't like it not having I have three sets of gloves for my bike. I always wear gloves (laughs) because my thought process is worst case scenario. And the little amount of prep that you can do, like – Right now, like we saw a guy drive by on the last segment on a motorcycle. Yeah. I would never ride a bike right now. There's too much sand and salt and debris. That would on be nerve wracking going around a corner. You go around a corner and the back end slides out of you. And it doesn't matter how good of a rider you are, but if you do, what what's the first thing you're gonna do? Drop it. You're gonna put your hand down to try to stop. No, it. you can do that too. You're gonna probably do that. I mean, even if you want to try to not do that, if you're if you're going down, you're gonna try and brace your fall. Well, if that happens, I'm gonna have a glove on. Sure. Um, I see what you're saying. Yeah, in case something like that were to happen. And they have they have so many. I, I have a really cheap pair of gloves that I've had since I got the first motorcycle. I still have it just in case I don't have any other gloves with me. I throw those on sure. just in case. And then I have a nice pair of, like, summer Harley gloves that are that are leather that have padding around the knuckles. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, they have a good grip on them. Sure. And then uh, I have my winter gloves, which are, like, it makes my finger this thick, and it's leather, and it's super soft leather. I, I think I paid like a hundred bucks for these gloves. Wow! And but I mean, that's really, they're that's, worth it. Yeah. I get I get to work when I'm riding on those forty three degree days, sure. and my hands are sweaty. 
after being on the highway at 70 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. for the last half hour, I'm sweaty. Um, and they have extra padding in the knuckles and everything that you would want. Yeah. So, I mean, a good pair of gloves goes a long way. The helmet, I can see. I, I have the half shell. I have the modular. So I have the, the beanie half shell that's barely there, but it makes me feel better knowing that I have something there. Yep. And then I have the full face that's actually a three-piece. So I can take off the mouth guard. I can take off the the ear wraparound part of it and have just the, the half shell. Okay. And... I mean, again, it's it's. I like to ride with my glasses on now. I used to put the contacts on with the beanie half shell and wear the the padded sunglasses that uh, kept like the wind from drying out your eyes. Um, a good pair of sunglasses or riding glasses is always essential. Gotcha. Um, so- <clears throat> but the helmet's nice because I can throw the helmet on. I can take my glasses, throw them on throw down my visor and just go and not have to worry about switching out contacts or anything else. All right. So the next thing that we have coming up here and I just texted you and Mark the other day, I said 19 months away. We're planning on doing that Surges trip in uh, August of 2025. Yeah. So I'm hoping that becomes a thing because in the next year here after the, this is the 84th anniversary. So the one we go to will be the 85th. I don't know if there'd be anything special about it. But we do have to start planning that probably close after this summer happens. That I look forward to. I just don't know the route we're going to take. I would rather not do the interstate. As you know, mm-hmm. it's very windy out there because you yes. went and picked up my Indian that one time. Yes. And you knew just by having a trailer behind you just how hard that was. So I think Highway 14 takes you straight out yeah. there. It's just about like a two extra hour or three extra hour trip. But I think that would be more fun and more relaxing and more mm-hmm. enjoyable. So that's our plan coming up here in the next Well, there, I mean, they're so, they're so close to each other, too, that there's nothing saying that you can't take the half-hour detour to drop down to the interstate if you want it. Like yeah. that, right where, like, midway in South Dakota, I can't think of the name of the town, but it's where the Missouri River goes through. And sure. you have, like, that bridge and the, the, the monument to – it's like – like a bootleg Statue of Liberty. Okay. Bootleg. It's the Wish.com version of the Statue of Liberty. You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't think so. It's like halfway through South Dakota. You went there. I went right after you. I went there? You you drove to well, I, yeah, Sturgis. Are oh, you talking about the, the Badlands? No. It's like halfway through South Dakota where the Missouri River cuts through. You're on the highway, and then you come down, and you go across a bridge. And like right, I mean, it's like the closest thing to crossing the Mississippi that you'll see on that whole trip. Okay. And there's like a statue to it's a it's a native person. I guess I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna th- I'm pulling out the phone. Yeah, I pull up the old phone. Well, anyways, that I think is going to be a fun trip. Yeah. I think what my idea was you take two days to get out there, two days back, yep. so that's four days of travel time, and then three days just to hang out there. My idea. This is my. This is my ideal situation is we'd stay in Rapid City, which is about a half hour away from Sturgis, and try to stay in a hotel maybe somewhere outside because that's a nice little town or city. And then you can also go to Custer State Park and go see, you know, uh, the Four Faces. You can go see some other things that are around there. Deadwood's a fun place. I think that'd be really kind of neat, and you can take your cycle around all those areas. But I really hope that it all comes to fruition, and everyone that says they're going to go is going to go, because Hurley said he's going too. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we'll see. I hope. I mean, I, mean, I, I love to see I, him. I, come I can along. see Brett doing that. Well, I hope so too. Uh, 
So you're pulling this up. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find. I'm trying uh, to find it. Where's the river at now? You got to find I'm, the river. I'm, I'm Google mapping this right now. Google Maps, baby. No, I mean, it would be great if, if Brett went. Uh, well, yeah, because Mark said he's going to go. You said you're going to go. Brett said he's going to go. That's me. That's four right there, just us alone. And the others that said they want to go don't have bikes at the moment. But, again, there's still 19 more months to figure this situation out. They still got to get past this one. Because I don't think you can book a hotel within six months of it. So that's the tough part about it. You got to book the hotel. Right. That's the hardest part. But saying in Rapid City is only about 25 minutes away. So that's pretty simple. Find it yet? I did, but I'm trying to like Gosh. drive on Google Earth and it's, it's not going as fast as I'd like it to go. You got that uh, 3G network? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Found it? Here, you can, you can scroll through. That's that you're you're on the interstate here, going down right, to the river, here? and then if you if you pan it over to you, you drag it to the right so you can look left, you'll see like a statue up there of. Oh yeah, I don't know what that is though. It's a native person. It's I, I have a thing pulled up. We can talk about it. All right, but I remember when I went to go get your motorcycle, like that was like the most scenic thing that we saw. Yeah, well, the royal we. I was by myself. <laughs> we saw you and the bike you and the bike in the trailer saw all that (laughs) yeah that was that was a trip well i think i'm about ready to uh, indulge in my next uh beverage yeah you brought up are we gonna open up the brand new one or we're gonna have one more of these open up the brand new one open up the brand new one we can always come back to this well, I think it's it's time for a brewski shot then i think so yeah we were switching beers that's that's a close-up view by the way Dignity of Earth and Sky. I've never heard of it. All right, so we are going to be having ourselves a new beer for the second part of this part two. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, if you remember last week, we had Justin bring the brewski, which is kind of a shot ski, and we are going to do another shot of... Malibu again this week, but this time we'll try not to unplug our microphones at the same time <laughs> we're doing this. So we're going to do another brewski. I think this is going to become a, a common theme with um, hopefully the guests, as long as you're okay with doing it. Otherwise, just do a shot of water, huh? But anyways, I'm going to just move this microphone a little bit. We are going to do the shot ski before we start the second part of the second part. The second part of the second part. That's exactly right. Well, here we go. Let's uh, bring it up. For those who are watching on YouTube, you'll see on the underside there's a hidden little message. But cheers. Cheers. Oh, you lost her, but you still caught her. We caught it. All right. That's fun. That brings people together. <laughs> you, you, you do a shot with a feller, and next thing you know, you're friends forever. <laughs> friends forever. Now, you brought us another beer, and we have pulled out mugs, giant cylinder mugs. And this, whoa. <laughs> if you just saw that, it just exploded. <laughs> Contents may be under pressure. <laughs> Seems like a common theme. Justin brings uh, beers that explode or fizz over. <laughs> so we got one. It's a hazy IPA, you say? 
This is going to be a triple New England hazy IPA. Now, I don't think I have ever had a triple hazy IPA, a New England for that matter. But it looks looks like what I would expect out of coming out of this uh, hazy for sure. Anyways, this is coming from a place called Back Pocket Brewing. And I think it's another Dubuque place. Is that correct? Correct. All right. So another place from Dubuque that Justin brought us some beer. And we are pouring these into giant cylinders. And now this growler has a totally different look. For those who are listening, your growler that you probably think of has a little stubby handle. Not a stubby handle. A little short handle on the top. And this one is coming... It almost looks like a vase, to be honest with you. It looks like a vase. So it's kind of a different type. And I don't know, Justin's going to have to give us some of the background maybe on the theme of this brewery because I'm assuming he's been there. That's why he's bringing it here. Must be something that he's tried and or thinks I will like. But it is called Back Pocket Brewing, and it is from Dubuque. So first things first, let's get ourselves a nice little cheers. 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 So I actually haven't had this specific brew yet, but oh, Back Pocket yes. is one. I tried to find things that I think that we would like together that I haven't had before. So Ooh, this I one, like that that's, idea. That's one of these that we can both experience for the first time. Back Pocket is definitely, I would say, our Ooh, it's got most, a good smell to it. It's got a good smell to it. Most frequent, Our most frequented uh, brewery that we go to, they do trivia there. So oh, it's, it's, it's kind of like the Island City. I'm of a Dubuque sucker for, for that. Us. Um, honestly, we haven't gone there very often. I, I've been hitting some other ones up a little bit more frequently, but this is definitely, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, I went down to Dubuque for a, a special trivia at one point. Yep, it yep. was like one day. That's where this was. So Back Pocket is, is a very unique brewery. They have uh, kind of like a retro video game theme. And actually in the basement is an arcade with like, quarter play cool pinball machines uh older pinball yes like older like arcade style games uh they just actually did an expansion where they have a has a special name it's basically bowling but the ball's like really small on the short uh on the short lane Uh, they just added a whole uh, rack of those it's kind of like the wiffle ball thing uh yeah it's for bowling um so they do trivia. They do that. They, it's in a an old millwork building where there is uh, a handful of other uh, businesses on like a big open concept, like an like an old like lumber warehouse that they quartered out into businesses. So there's That's another. Cool. There's a Gary Dolphin bar. I don't know if you know who Gary Dolphin is. I have uh, no idea. An who annou- Gary announcer uh, for the for the Hawkeyes, I believe. Uh, oh, okay. So there's a Gary Dolphin bar, and there's a special like parking spot outside reserved for Gary Dolphin. In case he ever shows in up. In case he ever shows up, <laughs> and he does guy. occasionally. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, con- that's cool. Dubuque's actually really here. Well, let's let's drink. Let's let's well, taste. Let's taste. Oh, that's gonna be trouble. I'm getting a lot of the orange notes in there. I, I was just gonna say it smells like orange juice. Kind of tastes like orange juice, not like. A really good orange juice tastes like a flat orange juice, but that's what you're gonna get with a hazy. We're talking about a 9.5 percent beer here, though. So I mean, there is a lot of alcohol content in yep. this beer, but it doesn't taste it. It's you're no. not chugging an impending doom here. This is something that you could probably have on the river. Yeah, not a good idea. 
<laughs> well, you know, if you're not driving home, why not? Yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is you're on the river in the summer and you're sweating and right. you're dehydrated and this is what you're having. Yes, this could be not great no, for that's, someone. That's, that's really good, actually. So Dubuque is unique. Um, so I know that you're not a fan of Game of Thrones. Uh, we watched well, a little bit. I made you, yeah, I I made we you to, watch a little bit. Remember we went to a trivia theme and you're like, I'm going to know everything. And we didn't even place. Yeah, no, that there, there's a lot of lore. There's there. a, yeah, there's so much detail that goes into those so things, though. The writer of Game of Thrones, George R.R. R. Martin, was actually a professor for a period of time at one of the colleges in Dubuque, one of the universities. There's three of them there. Oh, okay. Um, so... He will show up occasionally in town. Like there's there's a there's a big film festival that happens in the wintertime that he'll usually be there for. What's it called? Because we have that Frozen River it's film festival. It's kind of like here. that, but it's the Dubuque version. Okay, Dubuque um, version. I've never been there. I don't know the name, but he'll be there for that. But like, occasionally, like he'll just show up to town. And actually, he wrote uh, several parts of the Game of Thrones uh, series from Dubuque because of the way the Dubuque's very similar to Winona where you have like the bluffs and everything you're on the river sure. river town with bluffs uh, and beautiful, beautiful again you're not gonna have so much of this uh, this imaging in your head but uh, parts of Game of Thrones when it comes to the winter side the north of uh, the land where where they have uh, the ice wall and they have Winterfell which again you probably don't know but your your viewers might Hey viewers if you know this you know more than I do. Anyway, these towns and places were based upon what he was seeing looking out of his house apartment wherever he was at on Jackson Street in Dubuque looking oh, out cool. at this like bluff. Like okay, so your old house when it was on the bluff, imagine yep. you were at the top of the bluff. Yep. And then imagine like snow covered everywhere and you have a writer sitting there like looking up at that house and be like, I'm going to write a story about that. That's what he did. Oh. So there's a lot of like weird little lore like that. Uh, but he's been to the Gary Dolphin bar. This oh, is a, that's bi cool. a big like sidetrack turnaround from that. Um, and this is right in Dubuque. Yeah. And it's called Back Pocket. Back Pocket. Now, what's this? Gary Dolphin is the. Coach, is that correct? He was an announcer. Announcer. I believe uh, he was the an announcer Iowa for the, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Okay. Like radio so, announcer. Like. So is that what it's called, the Gary Dolphin Bar? I think it's called the Gary Dolphin Iron Bar. It's literally right across the hallway from Back Pocket. Okay. So they're right in the same building. Same building. Oh, that's neat. Okay, sweet. And then you said the Game of Thrones, one of the what, writers? Yeah, the writer. Was from Dubuque? He lived in Dubuque for a period of time, okay. and he wrote part of the series in Dubuque cool. based upon what he saw there. Well, if anybody's into that, um, if anybody's into Game of Thrones, this is the guy that loves Game of Thrones. Tried to get me into it. I didn't really. Well, you came in, in, the, last, you came in, in the last season, and well, that, yeah. that hindsight, that was not a good decision. <laughs> well, anyways, that's part of it. But anyways, it brought an awesome beer. This is... This is a good beer. I'm going to say this is, of the four that we've had so far, this is my favorite. This has a good flavor. It has a high alcohol content. It's very smooth. That's why I like it's a smoothness. It doesn't make this you... This was also the most expensive one. <laughs> of course. Because I had to buy the growler. So. Oh, well, what if you didn't? Was it then? Well, they didn't have this in cans, so... What if you bought it on tap? How much was it per... Oh, I think it's probably... I don't even know. They don't have prices. 
You just go in there and you go up in the bartender and like, hey, what's my bill? If you, if you have to ask, Whatever you, you can't want. afford it. No, if you got to ask, you can't afford it. All right. So we know that this is a, a unique type this of was, beer. This was 40 bucks though, but for the growler and the fill and everything. So That is pretty expensive because normally you're talking maybe 18 to 20 bucks for a pour and a growler. Right. I, I think so. It's like double. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. The higher the content, usually it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyways, we're going on that. Now let's go back to our theme. We just discussed yep. our motorcycle trip from this past mm-hmm. summer. We spent about 45 minutes just talking about where we went, the breweries that we've hit. However, you've also had cars. Yes. And you have had, well, the funniest one I always think is the Miata. I love the Miata. The Miata was, you're a bigger guy, mm-hmm. and you were in a little Miata. Mm-hmm. And you and me used to have two cars that were very, very similar. You had the Miata, mm-hmm. and I had the um, the Toyota MR2 Spider, mm-hmm. and they were like two little go karts. I like I like to just say they're two little go karts. Yeah, at least mine felt like that. I don't know if the Miata felt like oh. that. I never drove it. <laughs> yeah, I think I could yeah. lift that guy up if I, I ever rattling underneath. What's going on? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, when you go, that was your first. Was that your first like little fun car, quote unquote? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. Everything up to that point was just daily drivers. So, what made you want the Miata though? I wanted a convertible. That was specifically. I just wanted. A I wanted an affordable convertible. Nothing too big. Nothing too crazy. Uh, nothing too expensive. Something that you know, if it if it wasn't a good deal, I could get out of it for what I have into it type of thing. I I get that. Yep. Um, you know, it wasn't a spot where I was, you know, independently wealthy to the point of just buying whatever I wanted to. So I had to find something that was going to be budget friendly while also, you know, reasonable. I don't, I don't want like some like rusted out, like, yeah, rig no, that's I get gonna, what you're saying. you know, so we, we found that on eBay. That was a, a Mississippi car, um, and that was that was my first long trip too. That I flew. Uh, we we were down in Chicago visiting uh, Brooke, and yeah. uh, they took me to the airport. I flew from Chicago down to Memphis. I stayed overnight in Memphis. I met the guy. It was hindsight probably more sketchy than it should have been. But I, I was meeting this guy in a hotel uh, where I was staying. He was just going to hang out there, and, he, <laughs> and then he drove me to where the car was at. Uh, a laundromat like this guy like he ran laundromats he had like eight of them i think and um he's uh, this is a, he picked me up from the hotel he took me to the car at this laundromat that's like in this like back garage area <laughs> oh man and then i basically was just like yeah here's the money give me the car i gotta go i got 13 hours to get back up north and i drove it back one one way uh I wow. left, left Mississippi i drove back 13 hours later i was in Winona yeah that in uh, so just listening to that it sounds like the episode with Chris Theroon. He would, he he bought and sold. He's had like mm-hmm. twenty six cars, yep. and you listened to that one. I know because yep. you sent me screenshots. Anyways, sounds similar. Like just it seems sketchy at the time, but then it's just like, ah, it wasn't as bad as it might sound. I guess. Yeah, I mean the was the guy decent. The guy was, I could have took him, so that was the most important thing. Like you <laughs> know, like, if he would have been a big guy, but like oh, you bring the car here type of thing. But <laughs> okay. nah, he was, he was, he was a decent guy. He was telling me about laundromats. Actually, I learned a lot from him when it comes to laundromats. I've bought in several speed queens for different businesses that sure. I managed uh, because of what this guy was telling me. So I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I a little bit of free business advice, a decently priced car. He was kind of pissed in a way that uh, I got it for the opening bid. <laughs> 
Do you mind sharing how much you paid? I think it was right around like twenty seven hundred dollars. Yeah, twenty seven fifty, I think. And you sold it. Yeah, I sold it. Did you get your money back? Like I you said, got, I made a little bit of money off of that. Ooh, yeah, COVID years, huh? Yeah, it was COVID years. Yeah, so you made some money. But I mean, we made. I mean, the Miata didn't look bad to begin with, but like we threw some racing stripes on there, which sounds kind of silly. <laughs> well, but it increased in five horsepower, didn't it? Yeah, at least at least five. At least possible five. Possible ten because you maybe, had the racing stripes on both sides. Five times two. Maybe ten. eleven and a half. Maybe one of those horses were more hung or something. I don't know. Ooh. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, well. was, but no, I mean they were they're were very classy racing stripes it, the car looked good when i drove it in town people knew it was me like, yes and then because the guy that, i know that alex lazel yeah. bought your car and i saw that thing going down the street I'm like hey there's the justin's old car with those racing stripes and on it. he ended up selling it with the racing stripes and, and he made money too he made money too mm-hmm. so i mean thing just kept going up <laughs> hindsight i probably should have kept that one i mean i mean yeah. actually the one that i feel worse about letting go is the celica that oh yeah yeah because then i sold the miata i bought the celica because i wanted something with four seats with the convertible that i could lean back further because the miata doesn't have a back seat so the same thing with your mr2 and your porsche that you had that even the supra you can't do much either right so i wanted something that had four seats we didn't use the back seat at all because i basically just like delivered the mail (laughs) (laughs) back. you know you're Uh, not doing anything with a back seat of a celica no so no uh that's the one that i wish i would have kept when we moved um so you did sell that i did sell that yeah okay um there was a 97 uh, Celica GT, uh, black color. It, uh, everything about it, for the most part, was really, really reasonable. I got that one down in Iowa. I sold that for a profit, too. Um, when but, you buy it for so low, you have the potential to get your money back or possibly make something back. Right. Because I remember you bought that from Iowa, didn't you? I, we went. It was eight hours round trip to go get that one. Yeah, I remember that because you and I think your wife went yeah, down. Yeah, Lon and I drove down there. It was State Center, Iowa. It was four hours to get there, four hours back. That was uh, a nice little car, though. I mean. I love that car. And then Heinz, I mean. Everything about that car was perfect for somebody that wanted a convertible without like doing like too much. It had the it had the parade boot cover on there, so yep. that covers your your convertible top when you have it down, so it looks nice and flush and and seamless. So you don't have like just like the I think like a convertible top that's just down without like a cover looks kind of like it looks weird. It looks like you're missing something. Yeah, it, it looks like you could clean it up a little bit. So the parade boot gives it a nice clean look. Um, I put a one of the the front end bras covers on there uh and that uh i think that made it look a little better it had some like paint chips and stuff so when i did that it covered that up uh I mean, again, it, it looked good. There was, like, minor mechanical issues that I – actually, I bought the parts to fix it, but then when I sold it, I didn't have time to install it. So I'm like, here's the new parts if you want to fix this lights the the window switch. Sure. Here's the parts for it. It's like a $30 part off of eBay. Yeah. Well, speaking of parades, we had another viewer question about parade routes. Parade routes? Jeez. Where that could be. <laughs> yeah. Some guy, some idiot with the name of uh, – his initials are MG – Mm. It's probably like one of those stupid MG cars. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, he had a question about how long are the parade routes in Winona. And that's a good question. I don't know. I think (laughs) it's like what? Like a two or three hour parade? Well, it's about two and a half hour parade. Starts on Mankato, goes all the way down to 
I want to say Center Street. I don't know. Maybe I thought, maybe I thought it went down to Huff. Maybe a mile and a half or two. I thought it went from Mankato to Huff. No, I don't get all the way down there. It stops. It stops. Huffs. Yeah, it Does stops it about Maine? Center Street. So you go down there, and I don't even know where it ends anymore. So for those who are wondering, on the Steamboat Days parade route from one of our uh, followers or listeners, I don't know, mile and a half. I'm not going to research that question because I don't think anybody cares besides that guy with MG, Matt Golden. <laughs> He's the only one that well, you know what? I can tell you, it's exactly from the first float to the last float. That's how long it is. Yep. That that's exactly right. Yeah. Same. Th- it's the same with the Good View Days Parade too. It starts uh, at the beginning float. Yeah, and then it ends with the last and one. And it usually ends with the last one, which is the cop cars. You know, some, yeah. sometimes people just drive through and you don't know if they're a part of yeah. the parade or not. When you see this uh, sweet, you know, the street sweeper, you know yeah. it's over. You know, you see an so. equinox, it might be part of the parade. You never know. So for those who are wondering how long the parade route is, I don't know, mile and a half. Yeah. yeah. But we appreciate the uh, the question from our follower. Last time I went to the Steamboat Day Parade, it was hot. It was a hot day, and like the marching band members were dropping <laughs> like flies. Yeah, the Steamboat uh, Days Parade can be a killer. It's right around the, the Father's Day weekend, so I yeah, mean, it you, is always Father's it's Day. It's hit or miss. Uh, it can be hot as balls, or it can be. Like last year, it was just a torrential downpour. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, yeah, I remember last year we went and it was nice out, and then all of a sudden just a downpour for the rest of the day. I was supposed to go on the river with uh, my wife and my niece, and that never happened. So it was just a bad day, but you never know what you're going to get with that day. Usually it's hot, though. Yeah. I always think it's always hot. Um, you were cooking muffins one day, and, <laughs> <laughs> and my dad's uh, hybrid mariner. Yeah. <laughs> He so, wanted to show you just how well the hybrid engine worked, but you can't. Have, but you can't have the AC. You can't on. have the AC. <laughs> it was it was 112 degrees that day, and he's like, well, we'll just, "I'll show you how far we can drive." We're we're doing. He's like, "I want to show you how far I can drive without the engine kicking in." We're on a 55 mile an hour highway doing 20. <laughs> Now we're on a, the hottest day of the year. I'm like, this is cool. Can we kick the engine? <laughs> like, use that engine. It's hot. I remember it, we got to our destination. You got out sweating. I go, well, what happened to you? Why are you so sweaty? You go, your dad wouldn't turn on the AC. He wanted to show on the AC. Let's kick the engine on. We're going on the battery only. He wanted to show you just how far you could go on the battery only on the hybrid. And oh. you were sweating. None that was that was a day. So, anyways, parade routes, mile and a half, we'll say maybe a mile <laughs> for the good few days. One, we don't know. <laughs> anyways, I'm not going to research that because I don't think he really cares. No, poor guy. Anyways, we'll get you a tape measure. <laughs> yeah, that's about how long it is. Anyways, going back to your uh, cars, mm-hmm. the funny part about your first experience getting the Miata is you did a very similar trip for myself where yes. I paid you to go get the MR2 Spider yes. all the way down in, uh, was it Pensacola, Florida? Destin. Destin. And that's actually funny because one of Stephanie's friends is from Destin. So I remember I took you to the Rochester airport, flew you down, you had a layover in Atlanta, and then you flew to Destin on a smaller plane. Mm-hmm. You grabbed it and you go, yep, it's about, you know, I think I spent three grand on it. It wasn't very much. Yeah, and you're like, 
yeah, I mean, it's all in working condition. It's fine. And you drove it all the way back. I remember you were sending me updates of where you were on your way back, and you drove that thing all the way back. And then when you got to... It was around the St. Louis area. About the St. Louis area, the weather got a little bad because it was like December. Well, so yeah, it was December. Yeah, I remember that because I got it right it around Christmas like, time. It was... I mean, I got the Miata in August, so this was not even, what, five months after... Yeah, it was before no. Christmas, but it was in December. It was cold up here. So you took me to the Rochester airport. I flew down. I'm in a sweatshirt and shorts because, <laughs> you know, it's it's cold. So I got a sweatshirt on. But then I get into Florida, and we're, we're talking 60-degree weather. So there's nothing wrong with that. And... We get, I get to the car. The guy, the dealer sends someone to pick me up from the airport. I remember that. Baller. And, and then it's just, it kind of picked me up in like a questionable looking rig. So I'm like, <laughs> what kind of car are we going to get here? And then this was not, oh, this man. was not a standard dealership by any means. This is like an old, like oil change slash gas station that turned into a car lot. It was kind of sketch. And uh, yeah. It's one of those places you got people that hang around. They don't have other jobs. They just hang around. It's <laughs> like you can make a sitcom about this place. It was like, you should write another movie. I could. About just car lots. Well, they kind of did that with the goods. Yeah, that's true. They did that. My, my script's actually very similar to the goods. Employee of the month and the goods. You put those two together Perfect. and you write about furniture. That's my story. Anywho, so we get to there to see this MR2 spider. There was like a few things I noticed that were wrong. They fixed one of those right away. And then the other things were like, okay, well, we kind of expected, you know, nothing great. Like the front emblem on the hood, the hood emblem wasn't yeah. like fantastic. I bought a new one for like 10 bucks. There wasn't like, it wasn't like bad. It wasn't great. It was a $3,000 car. Yep. The guy couldn't, the guy, if I remember right, he's like, you're flying someone down here to buy this? Like, yeah. Well, we don't have like salt free convertible options up in right. the Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin area. I think that's what was confusing because it's a three thousand dollar car. I'm flying someone down for about four or five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I think I gave you I think I gave you seven hundred bucks total with flight and I think you I think it cost you like about a thousand bucks total with yep. my flight and you yep. gave me some hotel money and then you paid me a Yeah, because you're like just give minimum. me a flat fee and then I'll just Go as far as I can because you're like, I'm going to drive back in one day. I'm like, good luck with that. I probably could have if we – the thing <clears> that stopped us was we got delays getting the car back. I flew in at like 11, but I didn't leave until like 3. It took a longer time to get – I think the dude like snuck off to like see his girlfriend in between the car scene. Oh, really? He, he was gone for a bit. Damn. And I'm sitting there like with an like envelope full of cash being like, I just want to take this car and get on the road. Yeah. I didn't get on the road to like three. Oh, and when you're in the panhandle coming back to up north here, you hit a very interesting stretch of highway. So I was in Florida for like a hot minute until I transferred it over into Alabama. And then the roads I was on was basically like, they weren't even like county highways. They were like side streets of like like county like country side streets like yeah. going through people's farms it felt like <laughs> um until i finally got to like an interstate uh, driving on the interstate i had the top down it's 60 degrees i'm used to like 20 i'm like this is fantastic so i had yeah. the top down started getting a little bit cold so i threw the hood up <laughs> I had my, my hoodie on people but, are probably wondering what's so going on i had the hood up i tied it real quick so i got my i got my face sticking out <laughs> you can see i can see the road yeah, it was a little chill. I threw the heat on my feet. Oh, man. Uh, I, I went as far as I could, and then I threw the top on. I think I went through Montgomery when it just started getting dusk. 
So I go all the way, basically from the bottom of Alabama all the way to the top of Alabama. I get to Nash, uh, Tennessee. I drove through Nashville at night, which was kind of cool. I think that when I went through, there might have been a Titans game happening because the stadium oh, was nice. all lit up. That'd be cool, yeah, because it was in December. It, so I think certainly could have been one. I think that that might have happened. Um, either way, it was lit up, so maybe they're getting ready for the a game the next day. Sure. Either way, I drove past the stadium; it was lit up. Get through Nashville. I get through Kentucky. Kentucky was okay, not super great, not super bad. I get to Illinois, and like the St. Louis area is just like this is like two, three in the morning, and it's like I just can't. I can't go any further. It's just I, I've done all the coffee. I've smoked all the cigarettes that I can. I <laughs> there's no cigarettes. amount there's no amount of caffeine, nicotine, guanine, taurine, anything in the world is going to keep me awake no to get crack. through. So I got a hotel. I stayed there. I was back here. I mean, it was I was at the bottom of Illinois, so it it took me a good like I think eight hours to get back the next day. And I got back here wow. just about like the afternoon. Uh, and <laughs> And then I got back, and the tires had like ten pounds of pressure. <laughs> oh, that's right, you told me that. Yeah, like the car was running a little slow, and like you got ten pounds of pressure. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, we got it up here. You got the car. You you, you used the touch up pen on it. You changed the hood emblem. It looked good. You sold it and made money. I I sold it. No, I sold it actually exactly what I paid for it. Oh well, there you go. With your fee in there. Uh, it's actually still around town. Yeah. I it, now. Looking back at it, I could have sold it for probably double. Now, because you can't even find an MR2 Spider, and this is the second version, the MR2. Yeah. Um, you can't even find one for like under 10 hardly. See, I liked my Miata more than your Spider, though. I did not like the semi-automatic transmission. That was weird. It, it, I think it, it was, would have been better with just regular manual transmission. Or a regular automatic. The, well, the whole they didn't thing have that, that option. The whole thing where you had to shift up and down even though you were in drive. Yeah, that was a little strange. It was like having paddle shifters back in 2002. Yeah. That's all it was. And the one thing that I liked is I liked the green and the tan. That was my favorite. That was, the green that was tan. a hot look. I like that look. So anyways, yeah, you did a similar trip for me, but we've had many different cars. Uh, so you've gotten rid of your Celica, huh? I've gotten rid of all the cars. All right, all the cars. So now what are you driving? I drive a Kia Sorento. All right, a Kia Sorento. That's where you bootleg the beer up through well, Iowa. I brought, I brought the I brought the 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 beer up in the Kia Sportage. That's oh sorry one. sorry sorry. I got I got rid of the Aspen around the time of my surgery, um, for two reasons. Just it was it was too hard to get into it after my surgery. Yeah, and then it was starting to have other issues. So sure, we we traded that in for the, the Sportage. Well, you had a Kia Soul at one point. I did. I love the Kias. I mean, I've never had a You're bad a experience guy. with Kia. They're they're inexpensive and they give you a nice a lot of nice options. Yeah, uh, that's they're true. All wheel drive. I mean, the Sportage that we have is a that's a twenty twenty one twenty two. And I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's decent. The, yeah. the Sorrento's going to need to get upgraded at some point here in the future. But sure. I mean, yeah, I mean they you know they're coming out with so many different things. Tell you ride looks like a really nice mm -hmm. one too. Hyundai. Obviously, a sister company of it. Yep. They're coming out with some really nice looking options too. But uh, yeah, you've had your fair share of cars, as have I. Mm -hmm. um, one, uh, I want to go through all the cars you've had. You've had your Kia Soul, you've had your Miata, you've had your Celica, Aspen. Now you're on a what? Kia, what? Well, it's Sportage? Well, Sorrento? 
Technically, okay. the Sorrento was Lana's Sorrento. Okay. And I gave Lana the Sportage because she liked that. And okay, gotcha. And I, I, I had bought in how many other convertibles. So I'm sure. Like, you know, you can have the new car. So you know? of all those, which is your favorite then that you've had so far? Was it the Celica? Because you said, I wish I would never would have sold that, but... It would be between the... No, it would be the Celica. Celica. I mean, I love the Miata, but the Celica was universal. Uh, I probably wouldn't have the Sportage if I would have kept the... The Celica. Gotcha. Uh, I probably would not have the Harley if I would have kept the Celica, though. So, I mean, okay, okay. I would have kept uh, the Vulcan, the Kawasaki Vulcan. Yep. I wouldn't have upgraded that. I would just kept that. Would you rather have a convertible or a motorcycle? I'd rather have a convertible. Okay. Just because it's more functional? Or just for the fact that there's days that I would drive a convertible that I wouldn't drive a motorcycle. Okay. That's what I kind of figured so, it was. So, like, when I drive to work, I, dr I, drive, <laughs> I drive an hour round trip every day now to get to work. Mm -hmm. So, there's days that it rains in the morning, but it's, like, perfect weather in the evening. Sure. If, when I come back home, that if I would have taken a convertible up there, I could have the hood, the, the top down, yep. or the top up, however you want to say it. I could, I could have cover on the way to work when it's like raining or not right, ideal. Yes, yes. And then I have the top down on the way back where I could enjoy like the wind. Just more functional. But when it's when I'm I'm seeing rain possibly come in, I don't want to take my motorcycle because you Never. know the second that my motorcycle gets wet, I'm sitting out there like washing it. I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting the water spots off, the rain spots yep. off. Um, it's not it's not something that you want to drive in the rain anyway. So the convertible, ideally, if I could have kept the Celica and the Vulcan, I wouldn't have my Harley. It wouldn't be my Vulcan was not as comfortable as the Harley, but the Celica would be more functional than having like, my motorcycle sitting in storage right now. I can't use it. Right. You could use your convertible right now. I could use the convertible. Because we're having a sweet, sweet winter. It's a good winter, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of miss... I do miss having the MR2. It was such a cheap option, mm -hmm. but you know, obviously, the Mustang is really, really cool too. And there's something about having a car that costs you like nothing, basically, that Just, you can take yeah. out, and then if it if it like poops out on you, then it then it, it's, it poops it's, out on you. Then it's done. It's like okay, yeah. well, sorry that sorry, thanks for playing type of thing. It's like okay, right, well, yep. I'm out this much money. It's it is what it is, but. Yeah, you know, so, like, having something that you can just, like, tool around and do whatever you want and, like, beat the heck out of it. And yeah, you, you definitely can do that with a Miata and a Toyota Celica for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like that. Do uh, you ever see yourself getting another convertible in the future? And if so, what would it be? I don't see a convertible. If anything, maybe a Jeep. But I don't even see that Ooh, anymore. Ooh, a good option. Stephanie wants one, too. I mean, I can see the functionality where if I had a Jeep with a soft top and a hard top, I could basically use that as a convertible and a winter driving vehicle all yep. at once. But every Jeep that I've <clears throat> driven has, like, ran hard. We have looked at Jeeps together, they, yes. They, it, it's, it's like a stiff ride. Yes, it, it is. It's, it's not comfortable. I'm doing, like I said, an hour round trip at, to work, so I don't need something that's, like, super comfortable, but I don't want to be miserable. Right, yeah. And that's the thing, like... We had talked about, because Stephanie just got a new vehicle, a Honda Pilot, and we test drove a Jeep. And as you said, it's like, damn, this is not something I don't no. think I'd want to drive daily. And some people do get rid of them for that reason. I said, you know what? Get something that you like, and then we can buy a cheap Jeep 
mm-hmm. for whatever. Because I'm like, we'll just get it for the summer, and then we'll never have to put the tops on, and then you can just drive it when it's fun out or whatever the heck you want. But I think that's kind of your what you would do too with it. You don't want to drive it a half hour one way, half hour back every single day or five days mm-hmm. a week at least. You would rather have it for I would fun. Get, I would get like an early 90s. Actually, if I could get a 93 Desert Sahara Jeep. That's pretty specific. <laughs> I would put the Jurassic Park labels on it. <laughs> yes. That's you would I, do that. I, I love would. It. I love it. Be. If I could do that, I would I would have Lana put the, the red vinyl on there. Do and it the, up. the old JP03 or whatever you know number I want to put on there. I would do that in a heartbeat. But the thing is that you can't – Jeeps are – I haven't found a nice mill ground Jeep. Remember that Jeep that we went to go look at? Uh, yeah. Right. Right after, right after, it was funny because it was right after one of our auctions here. We traveled down to, it was on the way to Toppling Goliath. It was some if town you were close going to the Iowa way, border. It's like Mabel, somewhere in that area. But yeah, you're right. We did go there. We looked at a Jeep and it was rusted to hell. I mean, the Jeep that we were looking at here at the auction <laughs> might not have been a bad idea for a period of time, but... They're not, they're not the end all be all. We'll say that. <laughs> end all be all. Rich will like that segment. I don't. I don't feel like you're going to buy a, any Jeep. Any any Jeep. Maybe. Okay, I won't say any Jeep. I'll say most. Just any most. Jeep Wrangler. Any Jeep Wrangler will yes. not be the end yes. all be all. When we're think, when we're talking Jeeps, folks, we're talking the Wrangler yes. with the tops coming off. Not a Jeep Wagoneer, not a Jeep Grand Cherokee, because those are a different category. I feel in my like mind. a Wagoneer might be a solid option, but I don't have the. I hear those things are depreciating like a some bitch. Well, yeah, I hear those things are going down in value so fast because they can't get rid of them. I think yeah. I just saw something, and they have one of the longest lot times out there right now. So when we're the talking about Jeep, folks, we're talking about Wranglers. Jeep Wranglers where you take the tops off. And I think that's what a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. I'm sure after they picked up on our conversation, that's probably what they're thinking of, too. I mean, if I could find like an, an older, early 90s two-door Jeep Wrangler. Yep. And that wasn't that much that I could put a soft top on and never have to worry about a hard top if I could like store it somewhere yep. where I don't have to like worry about putting that a hard top. That was what I told Stephanie. I said, yeah. hey, let's just get a cheaper one, 10 grand or less, sort in my garage, and then we'll always just have the everything off. That of yellow it. one that we looked at at the at the auction would have that been was, like perfect for that type of yes, situation, yep. but it's not an everyday driver. You're right. And I wouldn't even want to put the damn doors on. I think I would just want everything yeah. just off, and then we'll take it out when the time is right. It's kind of like your Harley where you can customize them and do yeah. what you want, but again, it's, it's not it's not a good daily driver. No. And then from what I hear, the Broncos aren't that like spectacular either. We, we just test drove one. They drive a little bit better, Yeah, but they're still loud as hell. See, so I, I hear engine issues with those. Well, it's possible. I know a guy that was like, he like made a, a Facebook post, so take it with a grain of salt, but he was at a dealership and at a, at a Ford dealership and a couple brought in their Bronco for, for service. And he's writing this whole story because he thought it was funny. And I think it's funny too. All right. So the dealer, the dealer salesperson has sold them on the idea of this Bronco because it's going to be the Jeep killer. You're not going to have to worry about performance because it's going to, it's going to maintain the same as what a Jeep Wrangler does. And, um, turns out that they they showed up to the the dealership because they're having the same issues as their jeep wrangler 
after they got told that you don't have to worry about these issues because this is going to be better than the Wrangler, and then the, the service tech basically told them that, yeah, you're, you're going to have the same issues no matter what happens. And they were really pissed, and they ended up selling that anyway. So that's, that's a fun story where I don't know if there's, like, a good multi-purpose utility vehicle out there that you can take doors and tops off that are going to be a good daily driver. You take that out mudding and then you wash it when you're done. Well, when we test drove the Bronco, it was one of the newer ones. However, it was missing uh, missing a few options. It didn't have like the automatic start. It didn't have heated yeah. seats. So they must come in a variety of trim levels. trim levels with options. So some of those I know in Jeep is the same way. Like you have your regular sport version. You have your Saharas and then your Rubicons. Like, that's the three trim levels. But within those three trim levels, there's a bunch of different mm. options within there. So I want to come up to a next, my next point, which I had a viewer, uh, another viewer question from actually Stephanie's aunt. Mm. And she asked, what would be my, not my end-all, be-all, but what would be my, the, my one car that I would love to drive? And I think I touched on this in another episode, so I want you to think about this while I, while I say mine, because mine's you, simple. When you, when you say that you'd like to drive like a one-time drive, or like if you if you got a free car, any car in the world, and you could put it in your garage. I'm going with that second one that you the said. The second one. So Where it's like, this is your one car that, hey, we're giving you your money. You get it for free. Yep. We're going to give but you whatever enough. car you want. Yep. Genie in a bottle. Yep. So you think about grip. yours while I discuss what, because I already know mine. Okay. And I already touched on this in a previous episode, I think. Mine is the second generation of the GT, the four GTs. And I'm not talking about a Mustang GT. I'm talking about the GT40s that were in the 24 Hours of Le Mans. So mm -hmm. if anybody's ever seen Ford versus Ferrari, you know what I'm talking about. That was back in the late 60s. This is the mid-2000s version. I think they had them from like 05 to 09. And now they just reproduced them again, but they don't look the same. So the second version was like a replica of the 70s version or 60s version. That is what I would have, even though I know the new ones probably got more horsepower, probably a little bit nicer inside, but they don't look like the 60s version. So the... Mid 2000s version to me is it looks like the 60s, the late 60s version, but has all the updated stuff and still keeps that heritage look to it while still having functionality where you could drive it. So, for my end all be all, my one time drive or my one time car, I'm going for anywhere between 05 and 09 for GT40. You can still buy them. Um, Originally, they were 150 grand, I think. Now they sell for the upwards of 350 to 400 thousand dollars. So that would be my end-all, be-all car. And if I had to choose the color, it's going to be the white with the two blue racing stripes. There was just one sold this past June. I want to say it was. And it was just beautiful. I think it had 1,800 miles on it. Anyways, it sold for like $395,000. And then you throw your auction fees on top of that, and you're well north of $400,000. So, Kim, 
Thank you for that question. That would be my end-all, be-all car. Uh, Ford GT40 in the mid-2000s range. They do sell for, they're still out there. They still sell for the upwards of 350 to 450, depending on probably the color, depending on the mileage, depending on how many owners, all those kinds of things. So that would be my car that I would love to have in here. In fact, I would get rid of every single one of my cars in here for that one car. And that one car is still probably worth more than all of my cars combined. Not every car in here combined, just all mine combined. Now I want to turn this one over to Justin because mm -hmm. I've given him a few minutes to think. You get unlimited money. Yeah. You can drive it. You can whatever. This is someone says, hey, Justin, rub this lamp and your car that you want pops out. Yeah. What is it? Uh, I don't know the year. Uh, Maybe I can help you. I'm the expert here. The Suicide Door Continental. Oh, 66. Okay. Oh, man. That's a beauty Black. too. Convertible or non-convertible? No, convertible. <gasps> Ooh. I got a story for you. I got a story for you after you go on that though. Go. I mean, okay. So, I mean, honestly, I, I saw it in Entourage. Um, <clears throat> the, the TV show Entourage. It's in the opening credits. Um, it's... It's, it shows up later in the show. I've always thought the th suicide doors were sweet. Uh, going to like car shows around here, you see, you see like some older technology that is just so ridiculous now. But at the time, you know, when you bought these cars brand new, like how cool was it to have a record player as a radio? I mean, that was like the original like MP three plug-in <laughs> apple carplay yep. you had your 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 uh your record player um the, the that that desoto that they that they have around here that's what i was thinking of the desoto yeah you were talking, it's a red one yeah it's a and red it has one. a record player in there yes and then you have like the swivel seats that oh someone's pulling up we got we got someone pulling up they're backing up Is that oh vicky? it's vicky vicky yep Oh, we're after to give Vicky a hug. All right. Well, anyways, let's we'll we'll end this pretty quick. So yeah, let's go over your finishing the thoughts. The Lincoln Continental is a suicide door. So it has what I want uh, without anything that I don't need. I feel like that and like an all black, basically the Entourage version, black leather seats, all black Lincoln Continental sixty six. Is it a 66? Well, I think they also made a 67 too. But I know 66, and the reason I know that is because I was online back in high school. And someone was selling, quote unquote, Deion Sanders 66 Lincoln Continental, which had some nice, like, 22s on it, all black, suicide doors convertible, just like you're saying. So I already know that car in my head. And yes, that was a 66. However, they may have made it in 67. I thought it was a 50s. Well. No, no, it's not that. Nope. I mean, obviously, I'm wrong here, yeah. but uh, we saw one. We've seen one at an auction that sure. was. Terrible. It was in, sh yeah, it was in bad condition. It was bad condition <laughs> it was for bad. sure. Uh, we've seen one, and no, I wouldn't have bought that one. But a pristine right condition. Idea. Yep. Or, or if I had a second option, a DeLorean. Ooh, that's cool. You see the new DeLoreans that I've trying seen to come the new DeLoreans. With? It's like all electric. Yeah, it's no, sweet. I wouldn't want that. I would want the. 80s. I would want the 85 DeLorean, and I would convert <laughs> it to look like the, the Back to the Future car. That, well, that's cool. Really, I, do, I wouldn't have thought that. But then again, you know what? Going off of what I do know about you, and you mm -hmm. like your Star Wars and 
stuff like that. That does make sense, and that is kind of a neat thing because I you don't saw see one actually at at, uh, at the Mississippi River Museum. That's where Joe and Molly just got married. Um, right before they got married, there was an exhibit there that was over like technology, sure. and somebody had their '85 DeLorean that was. Back Damn, to the Future, that's like, cool. like uh, you know, like set up and everything, and it like made like the humming noises and the <laughs> like noises and everything. It was, it was that's sweet. It, so that was, that was, I'm a sucker for like video vehicles. So anything that's like in a movie, uh, like the Gone in sixty seconds, uh, Shelley Mustang, you know, um, the Eleanor. The Eleanor Mustang. I think that was a, a 69 GT500. Yeah. No, car movies, they do play a big impact on everything we watch. The, the Supra like. from the original Fast oh, and Furious. I know. Supra. Uh, you know, there's, I guess I'm a sucker for 90s cars, so I love like the early, I love all 90s cars. Um, Interesting. Maybe later 90s, like 95 and later, like that, like, really curvy look that you got to cars that you don't have. Like, give me an example. Like the Supra, the Celica. Oh, sure, uh, sure, sure. You know, like the the imports that had like that look to it, the, the Honda 2000, the early Miatas. Yeah, yeah, the S2000. Yeah. Those I, things go for big bucks now. I mean, even think about the domestics you had back there, like an Escort or like, you know. <laughs> like, Brett had one. Uh uh, a Cavalier, you know, everything in like the 90s, I felt like ha- Very they went rounded. from boxy 80s to curvy 90s. Yeah, ooh. Here's a sign of the times. Yeah. Them girls got them curves. Yeah. Early 90s, not so much. <laughs> you were, I remember when we looked at that 90s uh, LeBaron. Oh, God. Nah, those are ugly. I almost bought that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was out west in Winona. Yeah. Oh, man. And blew my my... Power steering. See, now this is the great thing about getting questions from our viewers is we can expand on these and have a a fun time. Yeah. Because that was a question um, that was submitted by Kim Hilberg, and she is my wife's aunt, and she found out what I want as a car. Found out your 66-ish Lincoln Continental Mm -hmm. Suicide Doors convertible murdered out or all black whatever yeah. you call it. that's a good question but i think we should uh wrap this section up because we've gone over motorcycles in our trip we've gone over cars ones that we've had and then we went over our i don't know what you want to call our it our dreams. fantasy cars our dream cars yes we, we should have had the fantasy factory for that uh, yeah well we had that we gotta get fantasy it. factory had to come at the beginning because of the fact that we went there on our motorcycles we got to get rob Deerdick on here next that would be sweet i would love rob it. if you're listening dude i still i guy. still watch fantasy factory I'm watching it right now. Stephanie watches it with me every so often when I put it on. But I still we were watch, watching that back in college. I know, and I still watch it on my phone because I bought all the episodes. We were watching so. Jersey Shore back in college too. It's Jersey. I tagged no, it's you. Not Jersey. No, but I tagged you in it. I saw. Okay. So, anyways, yeah, Rob, if you're listening, you should come. Rob, on the, if you're listening, it'd be fun. He does actually have his own podcast, but it's just him alone talking about. It's really it. He's totally, not totally different, but he's just different than what you expect from the Fantasy Factory. He's talking about, like, his life now because now he's married, has kids and stuff of that nature. But we'll, we can get into that to a different episode. But anyways, I want to wrap this up by giving a cheers to Justin again for part two. Not only 
being my best friend, but also bringing up a variety of different beers from Dubuque and also from Madison because we went there and we experienced it ourselves, but it's been really fun. I hope everyone here has had a great time listening to this and always, always subscribe, um, like, comment, or submit questions. I love having questions. That makes it so much fun answering questions that maybe you, the viewer, have. No matter how outlandish they might be, I think it's always fun to um, include the viewers in on this because it's, it's nice to know that people are actually listening mm-hmm. and then they're listening in because I get some people like yourself and others, they'll tell me something specific that they heard and I'm like, Oh, you are actually listening to the whole episode. <laughs> so it's really nice to hear that. So anyways, I want to close this part two of Justin Edwards coming up all the way from Dubuque, Iowa. I think so far on the cast, you've traveled the furthest. Probably. So you have that to go by. You have traveled the furthest to be on the cast. I haven't done any remote casts yet, but it is way more fun when you're in person. Yeah. Face-to-face talking, drinking, having a good time, putting a cycle in the background. We finally, this is the first uh, set change we've had so far. Those two cars back there have moved back and forth a little bit, but we have never had a cycle in the background. So if you're watching on YouTube, you have seen the first background change. If there's any members of the Harley or Davidson family, we would also appreciate any shout-outs that you may get. (laughs) Absolutely. Shout out to Harley Davidson as well. Anyways, I want to close this out by saying thank you very much, Justin. And, yep, don't drink drink that right now. Cheers to you. Cheers. Tune in next week for another edition of Bruce and Cruz.